right. Happy first day of spring, everybody. Anybody excited about that? It's pretty sweet, yeah. Um, you're going to think that this morning's message is, is designed for the first day of spring, but I assure you I am not smart enough to plan out that far in advance. Um, it's, uh, I actually didn't even know it was the first day of spring until I woke up this morning, checked my phone, and uh, it said, hey, it's spring today. But t- this, today, um, this spring, not today actually, but this spring, actually marks the 10-year anniversary of an epic failure in my life. And I rarely speak of it, but this morning we're going to go there. 2006 was the year I killed over 100 small plants. And uh, that spring, I decided to try my hand at gardening. And it had nothing to do with some kind of budding interest in horticulture or plants or seeds. It was strictly economical. I was thinking, okay, I I was tired of Becky spending our hard-earned money on all these, these plants every spring. And it's not that I didn't like plants. It's not that I didn't appreciate all the, the flowers and the, the colors and how it just beautified the yard and all that kind of stuff. I just thought there had to be a cheaper way to do it. Have any of the other men ever thought that? There's got to be a cheaper way to do this, right? And so I, my thinking went like this. Okay, we can either spend hundreds of dollars on these juvenile plants or we could just kind of backtrack, start a couple months earlier and buy packages of seeds for like, like 10 bucks worth of seeds will give us like hundreds, hundreds of dollars worth of full-grown plants. And so Becky wasn't buying it, though. She thought it was a dumb idea. And uh, she didn't think that I could make it happen. And a smarter guy in that situation would have gone, okay, dear, you're, you're probably right, so I'm just going to back off. But not me. Uh, her doubt actually made me even more determined to make this work because now it wasn't just about saving money. Now I had something to prove. I had to prove that, I mean, I could, crocuses, Delilahs, all, I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can make you grow no matter what. I, pansies, they got nothing on me, right? So, so off to the store I went. I bought some seeds. I bought some fertilizer. I bought some dirt. I bought all that kind of stuff. I even bought this nifty little, like, special fluorescent dealio thingy so that all my little seedlings could just become all that they were meant to be. And, and so I got home, I, I planted the seeds in the dirt, put the seeds in the basement where the, the neighbors couldn't see the glowing light from my fluorescent light because I wouldn't want them to think that I had to grow up or something. And so I, I stuffed it down in the basement. And within several days, life began to break out of the dark brown dirt. It was working. The seeds were growing. I remember bringing Becky downstairs so I could just rub my new gardening skills in her face and... She was even becoming a bit of a reluctant believer. However, <laughs> within a month, every single one of my plants was dead. For some reason, they just didn't want to grow straight and tall. Uh, they, would, they, they got to a certain height, and then they just kind of flopped over. The stems were all weak. They, you could actually see through the stems. They were that weak. They, 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 they just didn't work. And I ended up throwing every last one of them in the trash. And just so you know... I don't want to hear your gardening secrets after the service this morning because I'm never doing it again anyways, all right? So don't come to me and say, hey, Rich, here's your problem because I'm not going back there. I'm not, I'm not doing it again. The pain's too great. But this year will also mark the 10th year in a row that we have bought hanging flower baskets. <laughs> Jesus was a carpenter by trade, but I think he, he had a green thumb too. Um, after all, he created all the plants, he created all the trees from nothing. So it's a pretty safe bet to say he had somewhat of a green thumb. 
And throughout Jesus' time on earth, he was constantly referring to gardening in his stories. You might remember the story of how the farmer who's got seed and he throws the seed out on, onto all different kinds of ground. Another time, Jesus actually compared himself to a plant. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And then there was another time where Jesus looked out across mankind and he compared mankind to a field that's ripe for harvest. But perhaps his, his most important lesson from the plant world came just days before he would die on a cross and then be raised to life. The year is around 30 AD. Uh, Jesus and his 12 disciples are in Jerusalem, along with thousands of other out-of-town guests. They've all converged on Jerusalem for one of the most important festival celebrations on the Jewish calendar, Passover. And at this particular celebration, Jesus is the center of attention. He's gained this tremendous following. Uh, people have seen and heard enough of Jesus to believe that he's the king that's been promised long ago. They think he's the guy that's going to come in and he's just going to conquer the evil Roman Empire. He's going to set up the throne of Israel once more. And it's going to be the glory days all over again. And Jesus has just rode into Jerusalem on the back of a colt. And when he did, it was total bedlam. Today, the day was called Palm Sunday. Today, today is Palm Sunday, where we remember 2,000 years ago how he, he rode into Jerusalem. And as he rode past the people, they shouted, Blessed is the King of Israel. They are convinced that he's this promised king, and they're ready to crown him right now. Little did they know that five days later, he would, he would be crowned, only it wasn't going to be a crown of gold, it wasn't going to be a crown of precious stones, it would be a crown of thorns that was shoved down on his bloody head. And then he'd be nailed to a cross with a sign attached to it that mockingly read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But for now, no one knows this is about to happen. No one's thinking about whips, no one's thinking about nails, no one's thinking about crosses except one person, Jesus. And several times that week, Jesus talks about how he's deeply troubled, and, and you get a, a, a glimpse into the, the, the stress that he's, he's going through as he's thinking about the pain and the suffering that's just on the horizon. And it's in this environment, just after this triumphant entry with the cross looming in the near future, that we pick up a conversation Jesus had with his disciples. And the Bible says this, now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. So Philip went to tell Andrew, these guys are both Jesus' disciples, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. So these Greek guys, they want to see Jesus, but Jesus is growing so much in popularity that they just can't get to him anymore because he's got throngs of people around him. And so they got to... They, the Greek guys go to, to Philip, they go to someone on the inside, and they, they, they put this meeting request into Jesus. And then Jesus responds in a way that made no sense to anybody at the time. He replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. These guys' meeting requests triggered something. It, it triggered the events that would literally change the course of history. The last act begins with their meeting request. And then Jesus, he goes back to this familiar place. He says, my hour has come. And then he starts talking about plants and he starts talking about seeds. And he says this, very truly I, say to you, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. 
Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Remember, he's not getting ready here to take a walk in the park. He's getting ready to be nailed to a cross, to suffer terribly, and and to die and be raised to life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now, lucky for me, I passed third grade science, and in the process, I learned a a thing or two about the life cycle of plants. Anybody remember the bean from third grade, second grade, whenever you did it? Remember the bean? Like you get the bean and you put it in a cup, clear cup, and, and you, you put some dirt in there or you get a paper towel and you put some water in it and you get to watch the bean grow. Yeah? Well, you remember how the life cycle works. And Jesus here is explaining to his disciples how his death and resurrection is going to change the world, but at the same time, he's also wanting to teach you and me some truth about what it means to be a follower of him, what it means to be a disciple of his. And he does this by using the life cycle of plants. And the first lesson is this. Before there's life, there's just a dead seed. It all begins with a dead seed. In Washington State, we love our apples. I don't know if you know this, but, but we are the largest producer of apples in the country. We absolutely crush the competition. 58% of apples grown in, in the U.S. are grown here in Washington State. And the second uh, the, country that, or the state that comes in second is New York, and they got 11% of the apples. So we, we just crushed the competition. And um, every apple, though, every apple tree starts off as one of these little guys right here. You probably can't see it, but, but it's an apple seed. And uh, I went through a season in my life when I just didn't want to bother with kind of munching around the core, and I just decided, okay, I'm just going to eat the whole thing. And... Uh, I, I was a kid, just so you know. I wasn't like 30 or something. <laughs> I was a kid. I was a kid. And it turns out, though, that, that it's not very good for you to eat these, these apple seeds because apple seeds have something inside of them called amygdalin. And amygdalin, come, when it comes in contact with your digestive system, it releases a substance into your body. Anybody in the room know what that substance is? Cyanide. It releases cyanide, which is one of the deadliest poisons on the planet, into your body. And your body, like if I was to have a bunch of these seeds, my, I'm, I might you know, feel a little bit of a stomachache, but my body's going to be able to handily take care of that little bit of cyanide. But did you know that if you had 20 apple cores, that, is, that, that could be deadly to a grown man or woman? Crazy, huh? Um, but apple seeds, they're, they're seeds. There's nothing special about them. That's why you can buy a bunch of these apple seeds for a few bucks. Um, they're not very tasty. In fact, they're kind of bitter, although uh, not as hard as acorns. The, the shell on this little apple seed, it, it's kind of tough, um, which sounds a little bit like us before God got a hold of our lives, right? The Bible says in what's become one of my favorite verses of all time, it says, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Before Jesus, we were just a bunch of dead seeds. No life, 
no hope, um, a little tough, maybe even deadly or destructive, nothing special about us. And, and so often people don't enter into this life that Christ is inviting us into because they make the mistake of thinking that it all begins not as a, a little seed but as a big, massive, beautiful plant. They think, when I get my act cleaned up, then I'll follow Jesus. When I become a good person, then I'll come to Jesus. When I start acting the right way, when I start thinking the, the right way, behaving the right way, then I'll come to Jesus. But that's not how it works. Before there's life, there's just a dead seed. And then Jesus comes along and he begins to work in that dead seed, making it into something beautiful like we just sang about this morning. The Bible goes on to say that it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom for God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. It's incredible what, what Jesus does in our lives, but it doesn't start out with us being right and holy, a big, beautiful plant. It starts off with a dead seed. Spring is one of my favorite times of year. I love the new life. I love the cherry blossoms. I love driving past an alder or a maple tree, and you just got these little buds starting to shoot out from the tree. Um, there's just signs of green life poking up everywhere. And this apple seed could, it could become one of those, those little shoots, those little buds of green life at springtime. But that's not going to happen if I just take this seed and I, I stick it in my pocket for, for the next couple months. I could take this little seed that's somewhere in my pocket down here. I could take this little seed and put it on the nightstand on, beside my bed for a little while. I could put it on the, my desk. I could get rid of that lint. I, I, could, I, I could put it anywhere and just, just kind of let it sit there for, for months, for years. And it's, it's, nothing's going to happen with it. And it's not going to become new life. You see, before there can be new life, the seed has to be buried and end its life as a seed. I have to take this seed, I have to place it in the ground, and effectively end its life as a seed. If I was to put this seed in the ground, then come back 20 years from now, uh, the right conditions have all happened, it's going to be a big tree, a uh, big apple tree. If I was to take that apple tree and rip it out of the ground and then sift through all that dirt, guess what? I'm not going to find this seed anymore because it has ceased to exist as a seed. The seed has died to itself in order to become something else. And it sounds easy enough, right? Take a little seed, put it in the ground, bury it. But for this poor little seed, that's a pretty tough sell. That's a pretty tough sell. Hey, little seed, you want to know something really cool? You don't know this, but deep within you, little seed, is potential. I mean, one day, you could become a massive, massive apple tree you don't even know what apples are yet, but, but one day you could become this big tree with this delicious fruit hanging from your big branches that are full of these big leaves. I mean, one day kids and families could just enjoy the shelter of your shade. You have, there, there's potential in you. Do you want to become that? Yes, you do? You want to become that? Well, here's the deal. You have to be buried in the dirt and die. That's the first thing that has to happen. Now, as you can imagine, for this little seed, they're gonna be, it's going to be a little bit taken back. Be buried in the dirt and then die, this little seed is going to have probably a little bit of turmoil going on, right? Be buried in the ground, die to myself. Are you, are you crazy? Are you kidding me? Why would I ever want to have that happen? I like it just fine out here. I can see the light. I can see the sunshine. I can see all these, these faces out here. Why would I want to ever be buried in the ground and, 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 and die to myself? 
And besides, I'm just a seed. Yeah, I might not be a very happy seed. I not, might not be a very satisfied seed. I might know that something, uh, there's something greater for me, but, but I'm just a seed. And I'd rather keep the life that I have than, than lose it. And, and how do I even know that this new life, this new thing that, that you're talking about, Rich, how do I even know that, that, that that's going to be better than what I've got right now? How do I know that, that it's not going to be worse? What if I don't like it? What if my friends don't like what I become? What if my family doesn't like what I become? What if they reject me? What if, what if they push me away and they abandon me? I'd rather just keep the little life I have than be buried in the ground and lose it. You see, you and I know what this seed can become. We, we know the potential that there is in this seed. We, we know that hidden within this is the potential for life. But this seed doesn't know it yet. But regardless, it doesn't change the fact that the new life will not come from this seed unless it is first buried in the ground and dies to itself. And Jesus is saying to us this morning in his word that this is the same way that it works for us. Anyone who loves their life, he says, will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Another time, Jesus put it just a little bit differently. He said, whoever finds their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Before there can be a resurrection, there needs to be a burial. Before there can be new life in Christ, there needs to be dying to yourself. And this seems so counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because what do we want to do? We want to save our lives. We want to hang on to our lives. We want to hang on to what we've got. Lose our lives. Be buried No, we're convinced that the life that we have now, we're convinced that our goals, we're convinced that our dreams, we're convinced that all the stuff that we've accumulated, all the possessions, we're convinced that our idea of what life should look like, our beliefs, all this kind of stuff, we're convinced that this is is worth hanging on to. Lose all that? No, we'd rather keep that. But Jesus is saying to you and to me this morning that, that this is not all that there is. He's saying that this this is not the life that you were designed for. This is not the end. You were made for so much more than just this. But in order to step into the life that you were created for, there first of all needs to be a death, a dying to self. And then the Bible describes in just such a beautiful way the transformation that begins to happen when we say, okay, I'm going to, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to die to myself. The Bible says that this is what happens. It says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may live a new life. And I I got some questions for you this morning. How long, how long are you going to question whether or not that new life is for you? How long are you going to be content to just live life as, as, as a seed? How long are you going to hang on to what you have and, and doubt and question and just go, I don't, I don't know, I, I just, I'll keep this. Jesus wants to make you come alive, but first of all, there needs to be a death, a dying to yourself. And when that seed is buried in the ground, when you die to yourself, you say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to have it your way, a, an amazing miracle begins to happen. Remember that being in third grade? Remember what happens after it's buried? You've got that little shell 
And all of a sudden, the shell begins to crack. And something begins to spring out of that. New life begins to form that breaks free from the shell and reaches for where? Where's that, 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 that little shoot? First thing it reaches for is the sun. Any coincidence you think that God made it happen that way? You think maybe he wanted to teach us something? The, the, the plant reaches for the sun. It reaches upward for the life-giving power of the sun. And as those green shoots, they soak up the sunshine. The sun does something that weak fluorescent lighting can't do. The sun changes what's weak into something that's strong. It transforms. It takes something that has no hope, and it gives it this glorious hope. The sun's power works in the ceiling to transform it. And that's exactly what God does in us. New life is what happens. The Bible describes it like this. It says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know, we don't question, but we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And this part here is so, so good. You've got to grab a hold of this. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Why would you want this? This little seed, why would you want this when you can have so much more? Why would you want a broken, joyless, a, being a slave to sin, being a slave to all the stuff that goes along with it? Why would, you, why would you want that when you can have a life that's set free from that, when you can have the same life working in you that was, that, that's in, that was in Christ when he was raised from the dead? Why would you want that? And I don't know if you, you caught the good news of what we just read, but it says in the same way, the, 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 the life that made Christ come to life, it, it's in us, it's working in us. And when you die to self and you live for the Son, you live for Jesus, you go from being a dead seed to being a flourishing plant. A flourishing plant that produces fruit that eventually produces more fruit more life. Jesus said it best. He said, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus chose death so that you and me could be raised to life. He didn't have to. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had that, that moment where he said, Father in heaven, if there's any way out of this, I'd love, I'd love to know what that is. But at the end of the day, he said, it's not, it's not my will, it's your will. Jesus chose death so that you and I could have life. A half healthy apple tree will produce around 1,000 apples a year. We need to know these kind of facts because we're like the, the rockin' apple st state, right? A healthy apple tree will produce about 1,000 apples a, a year. 
every apple has right around five seeds in it. So a healthy apple tree will produce about 5,000 seeds each year. And, and you can be this, one apple seed, you know, just kind of living for yourself, caught up in your own world, maybe making, making little eternal difference in the lives of others. You can be this one seed, but my question is, is why would you choose this when, when you can die to yourself, let God begin to work in and through you, and let God begin to use your life and change you from one seed into something that looks a whole lot more like this. I just bruised up $25 worth of apples. But, w- but why would you want, want to do that? When, when, when God has got so much more, he's got so much potential, there's so much potential hidden in this one seed. But to get there, you've got to die to yourself. You've got to say, Jesus, it's not about me. It's, a, it's about you. It's about me laying down my life for you. And God wants to work through your life, not just to change you, not just to, bring, just to bring life to you, but he wants to work through your life to bring new life to other people's lives. He wants to work through your life to bring transformation to your friends and to your families and to your workplaces, to your church. You can either be this or you can be this. But it means dying to yourself. We don't just die to ourselves when we say, Jesus, I need you. I'm putting my faith and trust in you. Save me. It's, it's, a, it's a regular dying to ourselves, our way, what we want. It's going, Jesus, I want what you want. I want to follow you. I want to serve like you. I want to give my life away for the sake of others like you. And Jesus put it so good. He said, if, if anyone would serve me, you've got to follow me. Jesus' life was a life, was a life of service. And maybe you're here this morning, you're going, okay, I, I don't want to just be a, a seed. I want to have Jesus transform me, and I want to have a life that's, that's having this kind of fruit. I want to have a life that's, that's making a difference in other people's lives. And you're going, I don't even know where to start. What does that look like? We make it super easy around here. You were all handed a program on the way in, and it's got a blue connection card in there, and all you got to do is put your name, your contact information, and say, I want to start serving somehow, somewhere. I want my life to make a difference in other people's lives. And can I just tell you something? God is up to something in this church. He's up to something. It's a a cool thing. I I could talk for a couple hours here about some of the stuff that God is up to in this church. This church isn't always going to be like this. God is bringing people into this church who are broken. He's sending us out to people that that need him. And this is no time, this is no season to be on the bench in the stands spectating. We need everybody on the field. And maybe you're going, I don't know what that looks like. Or maybe, maybe when you hear that, the first place you go to is, me make a difference in somebody else's life? How could that ever happen? I am completely unqualified to do that. Listen, there's not a person who is a part of this church, including me, who is qualified to be making a difference, serving God in in this way. We are all unqualified, which is exactly how Jesus likes it. And and I would encourage you to be a person that doesn't just stay content like this. God wants to, he's he's got you here for, for a purpose, for a reason. He wants to work in and through your life to make that become like this.
a bucket of apples. And there's two groups this morning, well, not a bucket of apples, but you get the point. <laughs> there's two groups of people here this morning I just want to talk to in closing this morning. The first group is this. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. And you're this little seed going, I don't know, Rich, you're talking about being buried with Christ and dying to myself. And you're like that seed that's going, I don't, uh, it sounds like a bad deal to me. Listen, I, I wish I could just convince you through my words that, no, it's not a bad deal. The, the, I mean, the Bible, Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. He, 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 he came to give you life, and not just life, but life to the full. Eventually, what you're going to have to do, though, is go, okay, I, I've got questions. I don't know what's going to happen when I'm in the ground. That's a little bit of a scary place for me. It's frightening. I don't know what I'm going to become. I don't know what God's going to do in me. I don't know how people around me are going to react to that. But eventually, you're going to have to get to the place where you say, regardless of that, I'm going to do it anyways. Jesus, I'm going to go all in with you. Jesus, I'm going to put my faith and trust in you because something in here is saying that you are who you say you are. And it means putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And then there's another group in the room this morning. You're going, okay, Rich, when you were talking about your little plants, plant farm you had going on there, I'm kind of like the person that's been buried with Christ. I've given my life to Jesus, but I'm like a, a plant that just kind of like wilted over. I'm not really growing. I'm sort of like just stale and stagnant. And, and God has been speaking to you this morning about how part of the reason that that's happening is because you've just become totally ingrown. And God wants to move you to a place where he's working through your life to make a difference in other people's lives. He's working in your life. He wants, he wants you to become, go from this to becoming a big, beautiful tree that's got apples and fruit and lives are being changed through you. And if that's you this morning, I just would, would encourage you to go, what do I got to do next? Is it grabbing a blue connection card and just checking it off and going, I'm going I'm to start? Or maybe God has already been putting something in your heart. You, you know that he's, he's asking you to step out and maybe lead here or serve here or be involved in in this ministry, or I don't know what that could look like, but you've just hesitated. You let, you've let the enemies lie that you're too unqualified to stop you. you. You've let that stop you. And for you, God is saying, you just got to jump out. You just got to go for it. You just got to have faith and, and begin to move. But listen, God wants to bring life. He wants to bring life to your life, and he wants to bring life through your life. And will you let him? Will you let him today? Let's pray this morning. Lord, it's, uh, Lord, I, you, you want to say something to us this morning. Lord, I, Chris and I, we didn't connect, but Jesus, just the songs that he chose and Lord, about beautiful things and life and, and, and life breaking out of the ground. Lord, you want to say something to us this morning. And Father, I pray that that, Lord, this morning we would hear what you want to say. Lord, for the person who is just doubting you and hasn't put their faith and trust in you, but, Jesus, they hear you tugging on their heart this morning. God, I pray that they would have the courage, God, to just say yes, to say, yes, I will follow Jesus, even though I don't even really know what that totally looks like. I'm going to follow Jesus regardless. Lord, for the person whose life has just become like a little seedling that's just dying, Lord, this morning, I pray that you would begin to breathe into their life, that God, you'd begin to breathe into their heart and bring life, 
bring life to them. God, bring life to those around them. Work through their life to make a difference in people's lives. And Jesus, I'm so thankful for what you're up to here in this church. Lord, I pray that, that this week, uh, Lord, many people would, would be a part of Easter here. I pray that many people would hear about you, put their faith in you, and discover the life that there is in you. May many be raised to life, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.